Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast. The Media Mavens Podcast is where you'll hear the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Mavens Podcast. She is the original Media Maven, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO at Access Entertainment and your host for Media Mavens Podcast. Here today with my co-host, Joe Pirates. What's up, Joey? I think we got an extra person with us today. Wait, well, not an ex- exactly a person. Are you a golf shirt? Just a collared shirt. And you guys in your collared shirts in the golf course. Yeah, I, I've got an extra uh, person in here on the podcast with us. And uh, it's a 10-year-old pit bull who keeps on running through my legs. So <laughs> so this is a bring your dog to work day. Bring your dog to work day. Exactly. Okay. So I'm not going to get into the whole fashion aspect of golfing, but I'm super excited. We have Matt Corey on with us, who's the CMO of PGA Tours. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I yes. uh, anticipate a lot of entertainment value from the two of you. I don't know how much from me, but this is going to be a good time. Yeah, hey, well, you got to you know. be the uh, voice of the of the PGA right now. So that is a be big all deal. serious about that, huh? This is golf. This isn't brain cancer. This is like this isn't that serious. Like it's fun. It's a sport. It's a, it's an entertainment value. So I hope that this is not serious. No. Well, I do. We do have a few good questions, but we could discuss the non-serious important stuff like fashion on the golf course a little bit later on the podcast. But and I just like literally missed you a few weeks ago, so I was kind of bummed. I missed you out in LA, but you were out here shooting the Josh Kimal video. Yeah, you know, he kind of did that on his own. So we we're working across the industry, Sarah, on on an initiative to grow and diversify golf. And this new campaign, really a movement for the next several years, is called Make Golf Your Thing. And it's this fun phrase of like, okay, Michael Jordan's a basketball player, but golf is kind of his thing. And so it's a it's a youthful, energetic, fun call to action to think about golf in a different way. And Josh Dumel loves golf and he happened to be doing some golf stuff one day and and his he's tied in with an agency that's done a little bit of work for us called Dakota. They're a great agency and they really understand golf. Long story short, he decided literally to call some TikTok stars over to his house and film something fun on a total whim on his own. And I just happened to be there. It was a lot of fun. He he had a blast doing it and through stuff like that, you start to introduce golf as a different concept, not as a traditional, competitive, hard thing, but more of like a, let's just go outside and have fun with our friends thing, you know? It's so funny because I had a few questions for you. And I know we've talked a little bit up in the past. Is this a make off your thing? Is that kind of what you guys are doing to encourage people to take up the game? In general, does that kind of parlay into that? It's part of the way. It's it's just a new way where all of golf, the entire industry, from manufacturers to retailers to local clubs, are working together to grow and diversify a sport. Really targeting underrepresented groups and diverse groups and inviting them to think about golf in a different way. Golf has always positioned itself as like you see a golf commercial and it's the perfect swing and the ball lands two feet from the hole and spins and everybody. And it's like, no, that's not golf. It's not my golf. (laughs) I hit a tree and then eventually I might hit the green, but golf should just be a mini vacation. Think about the last year and a half that we've all just been through. 
right? Golf is now a, wait a minute, I can go outside, I can be socially distant, I can hang out with friends, maybe play some music, drink a couple of beers and have a good time without staring at my phone. Like, I'm sorry, we've all been longing for that for the last year and a half. So let's go do that. Who cares where the ball goes or what my score is? Let's just go have fun. Well, that's that's been the big thing through COVID is everybody's golfing because for social distancing on a sport level. And it's so funny because like my way of my, my golfing is running golf tournaments looking cute and hanging out and schmoozing. But the one time I tried golfing was with my brother-in-law's golf club. And he is a golf fanatic, like so stupid. Joe knows my brother-in-law, which is how I met Joe through uh, my older sister. But he is a fanatic golfer. Like he'll keep golf clubs in his car just in case he drives by a golf course and he's stuck in traffic across a pivot. I don't know why he got my sister in a golfing. They're fanatics about it. But I used one of his clubs once. And I used the wrong club to whack a ball into the ground. He went ballistic because apparently certain clubs are made for certain swings on certain terrain. It's just a little white ball you hit away from you to go chase it again. He won't let me go near his golf clubs ever since then. That was like probably 12 years ago. Well, you know, all you need is like, yeah, that's that's true. Sometimes you get those purists who are like, no, 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 you can't use that there. But look, you're thinking about it the right way. To me, anybody who has a stick. I thought it was funny. Apparently, I was the only one laughing. Well, to me, anybody who has a stick and a ball is playing (laughs) golf. You can play street golf with literally like, and and you hear hear the stories. Like there's a a guy on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is just below the PGA Tour. And these are the top 100, 200 guys in the world that aren't on the PGA Tour. And this guy grew up in Mexico and he literally, his first experience with golf was PVC pipe with duct tape taped to a flat metal surface and swinging that at a ball. It wasn't a Titleist Pro V1, but that was his first experience with golf was like, okay, I've got a stick and there's a ball. Let's figure this out and let's go from there. Right. So there's a lot of ways that we can define golf. Yeah. It's just, so and it's been a tough, and I think, I mean, everybody watches golf with COVID. You guys pulled a lot of the tournaments. I mean, everybody was on kind of lockdown. How did you guys, I know, I know like between NBA, NFL, everybody's had to reshift. Everybody's kind of kind of slammed up the schedules together on a mashup, so to speak, to get back on track so they can hit this ball back on schedule again. How is the PGA handling all of this? Or you, is, it, is it kind of different? You don't have to do last year's and make up for it to hit finals and stuff. Are you just going to wash it out and then start over again? Well, so it's a good question. I mean, that was a tough time, right? We went we went 92 days, 91, 92 days being shut down, which was the only time we'd been shut down in the past was like a week. Wait, so, Florida or PGA? The PGA Tour. The PGA Tour as a league shut down for three months. That's it. And then, you know, we had to start like the rest of the world and the rest of the sports world had to start learning about how to keep players safe and caddies safe and fans safe. And when we came back, we came back in June of last year. So a little over about, about one year from now, one year in a week. And when we came back, there were no fans, right? And just this year, we've started to, to allow fans to come back in a limited capacity. And you see other sports doing that, whether it's a basketball arena, et cetera. And now thanks to the, the vaccine rollout, it's getting safer and safer for more people to do things outside, et cetera. And there's, there's a little more flexibility, but 
it's still, you know, you still listen to the news of variants that are floating around and we got to be careful. We have to be very careful. And our team, certainly not me, but much smarter people at the PGA Tour have figured out that process and really recreated the PGA Tour in a world that we never dreamt of before. I think it's very interesting that, you know, not well, maybe not interesting, but I think it really backs up your story that, you know, just a couple of weeks ago at the memorial, John Rahm, the man who was 13 shots ahead, he was 13 under par, ended up getting hit with the COVID. I mean, tested positive and you guys said bye. And I think that pretty much proves your point that you guys are taking this very seriously. Well, it wasn't, you know, clearly it's not our choice, right? Right. But the players understood it. Jack Nicholas understood it. John understood it. It was, no, it's never fun when you've got anyone that is competing that comes down with the virus and based on the rules, you got to distance them, right? They can't just stay and play by themselves. They might hit a ball over near a fan and then what happens and then it gets worse. It's a no-win situation and something like that, but you got to keep everybody safe. You know, we're just looking forward to a world where we can get past this and get back to a little bit of the normal everyday sports and PGA Tour and fans enjoying events again. I think that, you know, if, if we look at us and anybody listening here, imagine all the things we've taken for granted, before this this last year and a half, going to a restaurant, hugging your family members, being able to see your family members. I got a grandmother who's 101. She turns 102 in two more months. She's still alive and kicking. I spent 21 months and didn't know if I was ever going to get to see her again. And I got to see her about three weeks ago. And I'm going to go back to St. Louis in September for her 102nd birthday. We're going to celebrate together. And those things are real. Like that's important. That's what's important in life. So keeping people safe, keeping fans safe, the tour's done an incredible job of being able to operate and come back. We were one of the first sports back last summer. And we've been able to operate really, really well where we've had maybe one player or two get sick each week. Not even that sometimes rather than a dozen. The controls put in place have allowed the sport to continue and you know we're stronger for it. That is just, it's amazing because golf isn't the only sport that anybody was ever actually able to breathe through by staying on lockdown and keep their sanity. So I totally get it. But like you said, all the sports teams have pulled players out. They've been, you know, in the bubble, they've been constantly being tested. But I always assume, well, it's golf. You have so much space between you. And, and it's like to Joe's point, it is really great. You guys took this seriously. But I mean, and I always assume of all the sports out there, that golf and tennis are the easiest because you got so much distance between you and anybody. It's less of a risk, you know? What I meant by that question was, is that this could have been easily swept under the rug and it wasn't. I mean, this was out in the open. Yeah, you know, I think what's really cool about our commissioner, Jay Monahan is he's, he's said so many times from the outset, he's been so transparent and so authentic and real about different issues, whether it's social injustice and saying, hey, guess what? I'm the commissioner of the PGA Tour. We're the biggest brand in golf on the planet. We don't have all the answers. We don't know. So let's listen. Let's do a good job of listening and let's be part of the conversation and let's figure things out together. And I think that that's a really fun, unique culture to be a part of where you're going to band together to solve problems. And so that's that's sort of the spirit of the PGA Tour. I think that's why we're continuing to, to do well now and, and looking forward to offering, you know, more chances for fans to continue to come back. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's like, I want to talk to you for a second about the seriousness of this. I know we're back and forth. 
One of the big things that we've looked at is some of these, what the Tories do to encourage these players to stay in the U.S. I know we talked about this where you, you know, some of them are offering up to 40, 50 million. The Saudi Arabian guys are coming after our USA PJ Tour golfers. I know we talked about this a little bit. And you said they've been doing this for years. And I just thought it was the most recent thing because of COVID and everything. So I don't understand. Is this, I mean, are players being poached out of the country? Is this like an ongoing thing with you guys? Well, the PGA Tour is a global tour, right? We have members from all over the world. We play a lot of our tournaments in the U.S., but it's not just American players. So the PGA Tour has... Uh, members from all different countries all over the planet. It's it's a little bit like, you know, the NBA, et cetera, except yeah. that the PGA Tour even plays competitively in other countries too. There's any any league like, like ours in any sport is going to have competitive threats, right? And there's been some talk of a, a different type of league, be it backed by Saudi Arabian money or otherwise, for probably about the last seven or eight years. We take every sort of competitive threat very, very seriously, you know, and like at the end of the day, what's in the best interest of our players and our fans and the local communities where we give back to, right? When we play tournaments, we're a 501c3. When we play tournaments, we give back millions of dollars. In fact, the tour just eclipsed $3 billion last year in giving back to local communities. Imagine if that were to go away, right? Because of some competitive threat, which Everything we've heard, everything I've read anyway, it had no aspect of charitable giving whatsoever, you know, let alone what the players have said themselves about where the money's coming from, et cetera. So at the end of the day, you know, what do fans want? What's in the best interest of our players who are all independent contractors? And let's build the right model and, and we can continue to get better. No one is saying at the PGA Tour that we're perfect, Right. It goes back to, again, Jay and, and the executives here really being focused on listening and let's adapt. If there's things we can do better every single year, let's do better. The NFL changes its rules a lot. I mean, there's nothing that says the PGA Tour can't continue to adapt and have a better fan experience and have a better overall product for our players as well and our communities. How, no, Matt, you guys have, I mean, how many tournaments do you guys have, at least here in the U.S. a year? Well, we put on, I, it's more this year. This is like the super season because of the Olympics and everything. And we took time off, but it's it's generally in the mid 40s. It's like 46 tournaments a year. So it's a lot. It's a lot of different tournaments. I just got to ask you a follow-up on the whole thing with uh, Saudi Arabia trying to steal your players. Did you guys take a look at what happened at the uh, English Premier League when they threatened to have six teams go to this European Super League? There were riots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. I think you learn a little bit every time another league goes through something like this. Hmm. And again, I, I always go back to... One of the most important things you can do is if in your heart, if you have the right intention, if yeah. you say, we're not doing this to chase a check or chase money, like if players leave to chase money, that's up to them, right? But there's, there's, there's more in sport to money. There's the impact that you can have on the lives of kids to inspire the next generation to play a sport. There's so many more reasons why people, I, I compete with my buddies on a very amateur level in anything. You, you call it ping pong, beer pong, whatever it might be, like a shuffleboard. I'll, I'll compete for the thrill of competition with my friends. Not to win anything, but these players have more at stake. They've got legacy at stake. 
they've got their own, you know, their own impact on a sport and the difference that they can make. And when you see a player emotionally win a big tournament because he's realized he's competed against the best in the world and he's able to accomplish something that doesn't happen by just taking a check. And especially when it came down to Phil Mickelson too. That is probably going to be outside of some other things. But when it comes down to winning, that has to be one of the biggest stories this year for you guys. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell you, that's fun, right? He's a very unique personality. It's, it's fun to see somebody who just turned 51, by the way, and is going to try to win the U.S. Open in his own backyard out in Southern California this week go out and compete and win. I mean, it gives a little hope for us old guys too, right? So, you know, that's always fun. That doesn't suck. And he's so relatable. He's He's got a fun personality and, and people gravitate towards that, right? And, you know, he talks about his calves on social media. He talks about hitting bombs and he just has fun. I think he's learned that, like a lot of athletes do later in their careers that even Lee Westwood said, like, I don't have to take things so seriously. It's a golf shot. It's okay. I hit a bad shot. Let's go to the ball and let's hit a great shot and let's stop taking things so seriously. And that's what amateurs I think can learn about golf. Don't treat golf like it has to be this super competitive sport. Treat it like a fun activity. Go out, have a good time with friends. And guess what? You're going to hit that great shot that makes you come back the next time. Right. It's in there. How do you guys determine who gets on these tournaments like how like you guys i know the pga tours have offered a lot of money to stars to come play through and everything but is that in line with the purses that the pro players are making and how do you guys determine who's a pro player or not i mean it's not like you're recruiting like football or basketball from college i mean how does this work yeah there there are no appearance fees at the pga tour we, we don't pay people to show up Everybody's an independent contractor. There's an official world golf ranking system that gives you points when you win different tournaments at different levels. Some tournaments are bigger than the other. It's a little like tennis. When you play and you advance and you you might be, if you come in second at a tournament or 10th at a tournament, you earn not only different amounts of money, but different points that add up throughout a season right? And then you have a playoff. The playoff starts with the top 125 players. And then after one tournament, after the first week, narrows down to 70, then narrows to the top 30 for that final event, that tour championship that we have in Atlanta. So you earn points throughout the year based on how well you play. And that gives you a shot at the playoffs. Okay. So it's kind of like when it comes to what's a good term, um, like boxing, wrestling, things that are not like league owned, like NFL, where they do a lot of college recruiting, you just have to start playing in all these random tournaments. And the better you get, the more points that kind of determines if you're a, the next Phil Nicholson, Tiger Woods, or if you're just somebody who just likes to be on the golf cars drinking beer and stuff, right? Yeah, like there are definitely those people too, right? All of us amateurs. But um, yeah, you decide your own schedule. You're an independent contractor. You decide your own schedule. You decide how many events you want to play, where you want to play. And that you look at the top players in the world. They don't really have to, they're, they're playing well. They don't have to worry about keeping their PGA Tour card every year. But the guys that are on the bubble, you know, the guys that are ranked 90th or 100th or 110th, they've got to play enough tournaments to keep their card the next year because only a certain number of guys get to keep their card. And so, so there's a little bit of drama on both ends, right? But it's, it's, uh, it creates a lot of fun. And I think that, again, you look at the PGA Tour, we're going to continue to evolve. We're going to continue to make the experience better for fans, both on broadcast and overall for the players as well. So when you hear competitive 
threats come in, you you listen to your players. Like, what do they like about what other formats are doing? We, we could have a variety of different experiences over time, right? And our tournaments can continue to evolve. So in one way, shape or form, but just best thing you can do in business and just in, in any situation for sport is listen, constantly listen and understand how you can get better. I think one of the things that's really great about the PGA Tour is that there are a couple of characters now within the tour. I mean, we used to seeing John Daly. In fact, I have a personal story about John Daly that was really cool, but I'll tell you something. Share the story. Oh, it was at a tea thing when the PGA Tour came to Tucson and he put, what was it? I think it was between him and I can't remember the other golfer. It was a $10,000 bet that Daly could not put it over the netting, which was 150 feet high, and it was 350 yards out. On the other side was a Home Depot. That betting kept on going until it got up to about $10,000. And all of us are just sitting there going, oh my God, what's going to happen here? Daily teed off, went into the Home Depot and broke a glass. And every, I mean, to me, I will never forget that story. Wow. Yeah, that he he is a character. You're right. He's a unique character and has been since he since his early days. Yeah. I mean, but again, we're getting those we're getting those competitive characters now at the top of the world list right now. And I, I mean, you see a little, I don't know, animosity, it looks like, but I don't know if that was staged or not. But there seems to be some very competitive people right now. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're talking about Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. And, I didn't want to name them. <laughs> well, no, some of these young guy personalities that are certainly have a combination of incredible talent, unique personalities, and sometimes those personalities can, you know, come into conflict. And sometimes you never know. Like if they're fast forward, let's fast forward to the Ryder Cup this fall. They're probably going to be teammates, right? And so it's a little like a while back when the U.S. played Europe up in Hazeltine in Minnesota. There was a rivalry, a head-to-head rivalry. You know, you've got U.S. versus Europe, right? And Patrick Reed was playing heads up against Rory McIlroy. And you had two very different personalities. And they were competing hard. One guy would make a birdie. The next guy would make a birdie on the next hole. I'll never forget one hole where Rory McIlroy drained some 40-foot putt and was screaming and, and, you know, putting his hand up to the U.S. crowd, like, I can't hear you, and kind of mocking the U.S. crowd. And then Patrick Reed had a 60-foot putt that he had to make to tie him on that hole, and he drained it. And he starts freaking out. But then what he does is he walks over and he gives Rory a little fist bump. So it's like, we're going to compete but we're still going to respect one another too. Right. And hopefully that's what golf is all about at the end of the day. It's good sportsmanship. You got to have exactly with anything. I have a question for you. I know during the, was it 2016 Olympics, 60 or 30 of the top pro golfers back out of the Olympics because of Zika back then. And then I know we, everything got shut down last year. And I don't know if I missed this or what's going on with this, but is golf coming back to the, I mean, it probably is not coming back to Tokyo. But then again, I know we're back in LA. Everything's so screwed up. When is golf going back into the Olympics again? Oh, no, no, no. Golf is back. It's already back. Now, you know, the issue now becomes everybody's sort of looking at both. Well, that's a, that's a long way to travel. If you live in the U S et cetera, 
what are the rules about quarantining? Are those rules being adjusted? They seem to be changing every week. You know, so players have a lot to consider if they're going to go all the way over there and compete in the Olympics. They have to make their own decision. But golf is very much a part of the Olympics. So we'll see a lot of golfers here in L.A. next summer. Or not next summer, but uh, four years from now. Four years after. Yeah, four years after. There's golfers everywhere. But I just I was kind of curious because I know I know moving the Olympics with the COVID just has screwed up so many people and people having to requalify and everything. So, Matt, do you are you on the real? Let's talk about PGA. Let's talk about some fun stuff. I mean, golf is a fun sport. It's a very resort sport. We know our past POTUS is always out there in Florida on the links. What are you doing? Like, are you, are you playing? Are you at all the tournaments as much as you can to handle the partnerships and stuff? Are you just there to schmooze and have fun? Like, what? tell us what a day in the life of the SEMO for PGA Tours is. Wouldn't anybody love that job where you get hired to just, I don't know anybody who gets hired to just schmooze. <laughs> so that was never part of my job description when I applied for this oh, role. So you didn't get the CSO, the chief schmoozing officer. Yeah, no, no, no. I have to actually do real, you know, work from a marketing perspective. So no, I don't, I don't travel to a lot of tournaments. I'll, I'll go occasionally if there's key meetings that we need to have, but it's my role is to help drive the the brand direction for the PGA Tour, and uh, and honestly, I have one goal, which is to grow and grow our fan base, grow and inspire more people to become fans of the PGA Tour, and that makes it easy for me to take on sort of the second job of helping to grow and diversify golf as a whole, right? So that's make golf your thing. That's our industry. For the more people that swing a club at a ball, the more people that take up golf, even casually, the more they might be interested in tuning in and watching some of the stars from time to time. And it's not every week, but maybe it's during the playoffs when it's down to the top 30 guys, or maybe it's during, you know, a really big key event or some fun event, right? So we can get casual fans that aren't hardcore golfers to tune in. If we make the sport more accessible and more fun for everyday folks that don't have 14 clubs or don't, you know, belong to a country club. And that's the future of golf, in my opinion, that that's, we have to change the face of golf in, in the right way and invite more people to think about this and make it more fun and less serious. Let are me you, ask you with that. Uh, do you, are you, are you touching base on the diversity question here, Joe? No, I actually was going to ask him. Well, it was kind of in the, along that line that basically you know, a lot of people think that golf is a very exclusive sport, very expensive. But when it comes down to it and making it more open, do you think more executive type courses, more par three courses would be able to open that up to um, more people saying, hey, this this sport isn't that hard, but I need to learn it? Yeah, I think any experience like so look, look at look at what Top Golf has done, right? Top Golf mm-hmm. now has you go and you're playing a video game on a driving range that's more like, hey, there's a bar that's attached to a driving range, a great bar and a restaurant that's attached to a really fun experience. And I can do a lot here. In fact, that technology, we swing a club, you, you see your shot being traced down into the hole and you score a certain amount of points. They can now take that technology to a cow pasture to a driving range. So you could go to your local driving range in the Midwest and they could have this cool video gaming technology. And all of a sudden you're a nine-year-old kid having a blast, 
And you didn't even know this was available. Well, so it's simulated technology using AR and VR to put you in that virtual world. So it's so realistic. I mean, they're doing that. I mean, look at gaming has become the esports mode that you're taking all the AR and VR and the advanced technologies to put you in this virtual environment to where you can golf or pretend you're golfing with, you know, buddies and friends. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of the more pro golfers who are tech savvy who have the simulated virtual reality stuff set up at their home and everything. I think I read a thing, I and I think I read this correctly, that Tiger Woods had a VR set up at one of his houses somewhere. So when he's practicing and putting, he's in oh, a yeah. virtual world and everything. Wait, is he, is he coming back? I mean, is he done after that accident or is he going to rehab and come back out again? If I knew the answer to that question, like I would not yeah. be in my role. I'd be some clairvoyant, like <laughs> unbelievably well, smart Well, I'm thinking the comeback not. stories are these major athletes who've hit something. He, he did roll and get in a bad accident and broke his leg like three times. But knowing him, he's going to probably fight to get back on the course again. I I, all I can tell you is Hopefully. we in the golf world know he, we know he's a fighter. Yeah. We are so happy he's alive and can be part of the sport and inspire his kids and be part of their their lives and that's way more important than whether he ever competes in a in a tournament. His influence over the sport is just as great off the course as it is on. Of course we want him to come back, but you know, there are bigger bigger things at play here. Yeah, and no, I think he does great for diversity. It was a bad accident. I mean, I mean, it's right here in Rancho Palos Verdes. I mean, he got very lucky when he rolled over that somebody saw it and called in. I was so glad he was okay. But like golf is mainly known or it has been known as a very male dominated sport. So let's just be honest. Guys go out on the golf course to drink, smoke cigars and cut million dollar deals. Most women executives don't really go out there on the golf course. We still don't go out there on the golf course unless it's to look cute. But then it's just like, okay, just get to the deal so I could leave and you can finish talking business. It's just, it's such a male dominated sport. Are you guys targeting more women to get into the sport or other groups? I mean, where's the diversity start and stop and where are your efforts to get more people to golf? Because I think the stigma and the hardest part in your job is this is not a male dominated sport anymore. Yeah, it's going to take time to change, right? Like anything. I mean, this sport's been around for over 400 years. And so, you know, we, we, it will take time to change. But one of the great things that our entire industry is doing is developing inclusion guidelines for, there's 15,000 golf courses. Okay. We've developed the PGA of America helped develop inclusion guidelines that can help a local golf course understand how to be more welcoming, how to be more inclusive, how to welcome a lot of different diverse groups out to come play their golf course. And that's the first step is changing the culture at every local facility. And then taking the facilities that are having a success at doing certain things and amplifying those stories to the rest of the industry. And Look, golf can be intimidating, but it's up to us to demystify it. It's up to us to invite a friend. If if every golfer in every country, but take the U.S., if every golfer in the U.S. invited a friend to come play and just said, don't don't worry about you don't have clubs. It's okay. We've got clubs for you. Just come come out and let's have a good time. That the power of that invitation, along with a facility that's going to welcome diverse folks out, women, Asian Americans, African Americans, Hispanics, et cetera, young, old, you name it, that will change 
over time, but we've got to be purposeful about that. And frankly, it starts with make golf your thing and the TV spots that we're running right now and the creative, when you see it, you do not see middle-aged white guys on perfectly manicured fairways, right? You see a diverse group of people having fun playing golf in any way they want, whether it's on a beach, in a backyard, on a city street, and they're enjoying the sport and they're having a blast. And guess what? All of those clips that we use to create this campaign they're all real. None of it was produced. It's just what people are doing that they've sent into us. So how do we amplify those real authentic moments that are already happening? So more people say, hey, wait a minute, that I could do that. I, maybe I don't want to play 18 holes at a fancy country club, but I could do that. And they point to the commercial and they see somebody that they can relate to. You guys both laughed when I said that, but it is true. Most men do business deals on the golf course to this day. I'm just going to put it out there. Do not I laugh. haven't made one. <laughs> Joe, man, yes, you not laughed. And it happens. Yes. I'm in LA in entertainment and tech. They're on the golf courses constantly making deals. Sarah, that's a good thing. You make it sound like it's bad. That's a yeah, great thing. There's a whole revenue stream there for PGA. If you cut a six-figure, eight-figure deal because you have my golf course and everything to you to make the deal, we should take a residual off of that deal. No, I'm kidding. So here's, Honestly, you know, here's the fun part. Idea. Here's the fun part of what golf offers. Golf offers a chance for dedicated time, whether it's two hours or four hours or whatever, with with other individuals, where you get to see that how they handle themselves in sometimes stressful situations where they might not hit a perfect shot, and you get a lot of time. You get to know them. Right. And it's not across a stuffy table. It's in a more casual setting. And and whether that's at a restaurant or a golf course or anywhere else, you know, a lot of deals can get done when you really get to know people. I just cracks me up when people are on the golf course and they get so irate and angry. And I get it's a sports and competitive step, but they get so mad. You know, they're not in front of millions of fans like at a game or with all the press media. They're on the golf course. I've literally seen guys. Like just throw and launch their golf clubs in the in the water. I'm like, seriously, who do you think is going to go get that now for you? They get so <laughs> angry about it. But like you said, it's just it's just like a place to breathe unconditionally, not being judged. You're going to go hit a golf ball and hang out with people. But they get very aggressive on the golf yeah. course. I've well, I, you so. could say that about any sports fan in any sport. Have you been to a hockey game recently? Like, be careful, right? So, so. <laughs> Yeah, yes, that's true. But at the same time, like, I think we just, we have the opportunity as a sport, especially coming out of a pandemic to say, look at all the different things that golf has to offer and has to offer diverse groups and, and folks that haven't thought about golf before. This is not, this does not have to be where you hit the perfect shot. You're not practicing every day. You're not Tiger Woods. You're not Brooks Kepka or Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth. You know, you're Matt Corey. Just go out when you play once every three weeks, four weeks at best, and just have fun. Just relax. And, and okay, you hit a bad shot. Go to the next one because you're going to hit at least 72 maybe 90 and just have fun over the course of a round 110 right here. There you go. <laughs> but that's, but that's desert course. I would never ever tell anybody to make their first round on a desert target course because that will kill you. Yeah. Watch out for the snakes. Yeah. Exactly. I'll go miniature coffee with you when you come back to LA, Matt. We'll just stick there to the meals. I, I've got an, another story for you. I mean, if you want to talk about somebody who's golf crazy and actually has a, an 18, whole putting green in their backyard is a guy in Jacksonville named Scott Jones. 
And I, Matt, you got to look him up. He's got the whole thing going. That's awesome. I mean, look, it, it's, it is a sport that you can continue to play till you're 80. And so from that aspect, it's like just swing a club and a little ball, move along, you're outside, breathe in fresh air and have fun. So we, we hope a lot more people begin to think about golf and, and make golf their thing in one way, shape or form and, you know, and can begin to enjoy the sport that other people have known. But it's up to us, especially leaders like the PGA Tour, PGA of America, LPGA, et cetera, and great brands like TaylorMade, Titleist, Callaway, you name it. It's up to us to talk about golf in different ways than just the way it's always been done before. Well, it's always to, been done in the past. You need to control the narrative right now, and if people are more open to it. Are you guys targeting children and youth and younger age demographics now? There are a lot of great programs that specifically target youth and introduce youth to different values, uh, life values through golf, whether it's the first tee, PGA Junior League, Youth on Course, which allows kids in certain markets to play for $5 because they get sponsors to help buy out the rounds. There's a lot of great programs for kids. And for your listeners, if they go to makegolfyourthing.org, they'll see programs for adults and programs for kids that they can sign up for all across the country. And we're going to continue to, you know, build that out and create more awareness for all those great organizations. It's like Little League for the golf industry. Exactly. We actually had some guy on here a few weeks ago. He's out of AZ with STEM sports. It's like, you know, all the STEM, you know, all the stuff you normally do with STEM classes and stuff, but he's incorporating sports, golf, basketball, baseball into his curriculum. And I mean, golf is one of the ones I think that they are working on incorporating this summer of the next few months to fold into the rest of the sports that they're teaching. Yeah. If we do our job right as a sport, hopefully when those, when parents go to Target or Walmart and they're trying to figure out what to buy their, their three-year-old little daughter, Susie, and they see the soccer ball and they see the glove and a softball or a baseball, and they see a little plastic club, golf club, and a little plastic ball, they choose the golf club, right? That's what we want. We want to get we want to give more kids the opportunity to start with one club, one stick, one little plastic club and have fun and grow into golf in other ways. But golf can be so many things to so many people. And I think people are starting to realize that, especially coming out of this pandemic. And we need another tin cup movie. We need another tin cup movie. And also, you know what? While we're at it, why don't we throw in a Caddyshack? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Let's aim high. Yeah. I know, and with summer and everything and back to school and COVID hopefully ending for good now. I, does PJ have like PJ boot camps? Like people send their kids away to sports camps, you know, football, basketball, soccer camps. Does PJ have anything like that? Well, the kids were, there's so many solid kids organizations, again, like First Tee and PGA Junior League that allow okay. kids to compete and play that we don't need to establish another separate one. You know, we have so many different developmental leagues and programs that youth can can play into, even AJGA and others. AJGA is sort of like junior golfers, like Phil Mickelson was part of the AJGA, right? So those are the more serious players. But there's programs for all ages and all levels, and it's pretty well established. It's up to us to continue to market and market those programs so the parents know what options they have. I think that's the big thing. Like your whole job is educating the masses that golf is there. It's fun. It's easy. Get involved. Get outside. Play it. But I think it's. A, I think the issue isn't so much. You guys have given so much. You are giving so much back more than 
I don't want to say more than other sports leagues, but you're doing a lot. You're right up there. But I think the idea is people don't know golf, what is available. So I kind of see where the crux is. You have all this amazing stuff, but people don't know that's available. So I think the message is bridging the gap and changing the narrative. So you're hitting so many different target markets right now. Are you guys, is there anything, you know, we're in summer officially, we're going back into fall soon. Is there anything you like anybody should know that's launching, coming out from PJ, you know, from the camps to classes to programs or anything new? Or is it just really trekking on the same messaging most of the year? Well, no, I mean, I think Make Golf Your Thing is the big new industry-wide initiative, right? And, and what's, this what's is the URL on that, Matt, for everybody listening? Is it, where do they yeah, go? Yeah, it, it's just makegolfyourthing.org. So if they go to makegolfyourthing.org, we've we've started with the basic website that's got a listing of all the different programs. And it's got, if you don't know what to wear, we're going to help you with that. We're going to build that website out. So early next year, within the next four to six months, we're going to build it out so that you could type in your zip code and find local courses that are friendly, that are inclusive, that have passed the inclusion guidelines, that are welcoming to different diverse groups. Right. And so we're, you're going to see that website continue to evolve and provide all of the information, like you just said, Sarah, to help people understand how they can make off their thing and how we can demystify the sport a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to ask a stupid question. <laughs> My lack of golf knowledge is going to show in about three seconds. Who are the top five ranking golfers as of right now? Given pandemic, given everything going on, who are the top five? I know Joe probably knows this and so do you, but um, there's a lot of people who don't know this. So I'm going to ask. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it changes week to week. So you just have to visit PGATour.com to see that. And you can see the official World Golf Rankings on PGATour.com. Dustin Johnson's up there. You've got Brooks Kepka up there and Bryson DeChambeau's up there. Rory McIlroy. Jordan Spieth has had a great resurgence recently, and he's climbed the ladder again. And it varies. Patrick Cantlay is a, a lesser known player but he's up there in the top group. So I probably hit on four of the five. I don't know if I got all five right, but it keeps changing based on how you play each week, like we talked about earlier. Wow. Okay, now what is when, and the next big tournament is this weekend in Torrey Pines, right? This week, the US Open, it's a major, it's a big deal out in Southern California. Mm -hmm. Can the 51-year-old lefty win another major Phil Mickelson will it be one of the young guns and the young stars but uh I, the the course will not be easy like the rough I hear is really rough so people want to keep in the fairway and try to hit fairways and greens and uh but it should be a fun weekend Thursday through Sunday of a great tournament yeah, yeah. when's the next one after this so after the U.S. Open we've got just you know you you get back on the regular PGA Tour right? So which happens every week. And then you roll into other majors, the, the British Open or the Open Championship. The Olympics is coming soon as well. So a lot of energy throughout the entire rest of the spring and summer. Golf, I think most sports are seasonal. Golf is year round. It really is not a seasonal sport. There's a core part of the season. Yeah. When I say core part of the season, really there's January through August. August is the playoffs. So right before the NFL season starts, we have our three weeks of playoffs in, in mid to late August, and you crown a champion. They win the tour championship, right? They are the number one player in the world. They win the tour championship. The next season starts for us in the fall, but it's a little bit of an off season because it's, it's, it's different tournaments. There's not as many points at stake in the fall. So it's a little bit of an off season. 
But right now, it's sort of a year-long season. But again, we're listening to our players to understand what they want going forward. And we may make changes in the future. Who knows? Just keep on making Hawaii the first stop. I think that's a perfect start to the season. That's the one that I need to say, hey, as the marketing leader, I, sh- I need to go out to Hawaii for two weeks. I couldn't this last time because they were going to quarantine for two weeks. You know, But yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know. Twist my arm. Make me go out there. <laughs> You're going to have to go get some sun, golf, eat yeah. some papaya bowls, some daiquiris. I, I will support you on PJ sending you to Hawaii. Thank you. Thank you. I'll use you as a reference for that. I will be a reference that you need to go and see what all your fans and what all the people are doing out there. So you better do your job in Hawaii. And I will come out to Ponte Vedra and just answer your phone for you while you're gone for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Right on the island green. (laughs) This is is so good for golf 101. It's so funny because I never knew there was, it was, it's so complex. I never thought there was so much complexity to the golf industry, you know? You know, look, there's there's different governing bodies and different people involved, but it's it's not like it's not really that much different from any other sport. I think the sport itself is very simple. Go grab a club, any club you want. I don't care, Sarah, you know, that seven iron, that driver, that putter, you grab any club you want, swing at a ball and don't take it so seriously. Just go have fun. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be on a golf course anytime soon, but we'll negotiate that. Is this okay? So it was so good having you on, Matt. It was like, honestly, like we've had all the sports guys on, but golf was one of the things that I thought the timing was good during the summer to get you on, have you talk about what's going on with PGA Tours and giving back to the industry. And you've done such a tremendous job because you guys do give so much back to the communities and you're targeting such a the youth market and your diversity programs. You're doing a tremendous job with this. We are proud to be on this show and look forward to doing it again. And uh, just thank you for the opportunity. You know, we're going to we're going to keep trying to inspire our fans each and every week and bring in a different and better fan experience. That's that's what we strive for. Right. Let's grow our fan base by inspiring them through great content, great experiences and never settling. And let's hope more and more people start to make off their thing. That's okay. So I have one question, actually, that just ran across my mind. One quick last question. And I know because I have some of the apps for all the sports. Does PGA have a golf app? Like, you know, download to look at stats, statistics, golf courses, where to buy stuff, what to do. Is there an app for that? Of course we do. (laughs) Sarah, and you're going to have it in like the next 11 minutes because you're going to go download the PGA Tour app. I'm waiting to go play manager golf with you. Yeah, well, that too. And I'm very good at ping pong and air hockey, just saying. But, but See, you know, there you go. I have the Verizon app for NFL. I have the Clippers. I have all the NBA teams. You have, there is a PGA Tour app that people The PGA to Tour app is unbelievable. It not only gives you all the real-time scoring, it gives you shot-by-shot, really sophisticated video and tracking. You can look at Dustin Johnson's shot and watch his shot go. It's just through a, a technology called TourCast. We even implemented new technology this last spring at the Players' Championship right here in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, where we had every single shot live. So you could pick any player in the tournament and go watch every single shot that player hit live. And so imagine that. Imagine you're a fan of a player, but they're not leading. So you don't see them on TV. Well, you don't get to see much of them. But through every shot live, we brought a fun new experience to fans where they could go. Our fans in Japan could go follow Hideki Matsuyama no matter where he is on the leaderboard. 
Our fans in Norway could follow Victor Hovland, their native son, and, and watch every single shot. So we're going to continue to try to innovate. But yes, download the app, okay? Come on, the PGA Tour app. It's so easy and you'll love it. There you go, Joe. You better go download that app because I'm going to let I already have it. Of course you do. <laughs> and I have the PGA channel too. I mean, hey, what can I say? <laughs> oh my God, Matt, it was so good having you on and chat with you about golf and everything yeah. else. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Nope. Joe, it's always good to spend a Tuesday afternoon with you on the podcast. Okay, yeah, I got to go tee off here in about 15, so. <laughs> As well, until next week, this is Sarah Miller, Media Mavis Podcast. Matt, Joe, thank you for the time today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens Podcast on your favorite podcast provider to learn more about the podcast or our guests. Log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.